Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Millions of Screens. I'm creative producer Leo Garcia, joined via Zoom by TV deputy editor Ben Travers and TV awards editor Libby Hill. We're coming to you the week after Alex Trebek passed away. And though I don't, I don't have a strong attachment to Jeopardy!, uh, I think his loss is felt across the industry. Uh, and I think all three of us point you to uh, frequent podcast guest Steve Green's tribute on IndieWire.com. Steve Green was a contestant on Jeopardy when he was but a wee lad. He wrote about getting to know Alex Trebek. Uh, and so we recommend you go go seek that out now. But this episode, we're going to be talking about what, Ben? The Outsider. I, that's I mean, <laughs> Apple I assume, TV Plus. Oh, sorry, I can't think of anything else right now. It is millions and millions of little screens. Can't you shut up? I'm busy. Boy, what a great show! Only the news struck hard and fast this morning, and I am—I remain <laughs> shook. Which I should have phrased phrased the outsider news as a as the answer to a question, and then you could have said, "What is the outsider?" <laughs> what is The Outsider? <laughs> what is The Outsider Season 2? What is The Outsider Season 2 is the question. There is no answer to that question, sadly. <laughs> um, there's less of an answer than there was, than I thought there was, than I'd been assuming there was for so long. Um, you've been told. I, yeah, I can you've only... been reliably informed. Yeah, Richard Price has been talking about how he's how he's been trying to write season two of The Outsider since before season one premiered. Like, I remember when there were still in-person press days that we'd attend, and I got to talk to Richard Price, like, in person on the couch, and he was talking about how he got plans for season two, and he was ready to roll, and it just depended on, like, how the series was received. And, I mean, the reviews were mixed, as they should be, but the ratings were huge. And then today we found out that HBO is not pursuing a second season and mrc the production company uh is is seeking a new home for the outsider because obviously it was a rating success so someone should probably want it um but it's it's an interesting question as to why hbo decided against this show considering let me just say considering that one of the year's worst television shows is airing right now on HBO for them to pass on one of the year's most interesting shows uh continuing seems strange to me man ben just skipped right pla- right past the intro to the clicker and into the clicker I we're can't in the clicker stop. now <laughs> we start we started the outsider i'm sorry just, but, but just ben, move on from You me. brought up a bunch of good points. It, it is sort of crazy. Uh, Libby, what are your thoughts? Obviously, you are not an outsider stan like uh, uh, Ben was, or even a, a curious v- outside ben viewer was. like I, I like was. How you're like, I like how you've distanced no. yourself from the show. I, said, I, I was always, I was curious how they were going to handle uh, the monster, the big bad at the end of The Outsider. And I think they uh, did he has it. has a in name El Cuco. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I think they did it in a fairly laughable way, which turned me off to a lot of it. Um, you should read the book. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so I, I, I would say I was, I was hooked into The Outsider and then let down uh, by its ending. But that being said, it did have 2.2 million viewers for its finale. Shocking that HBO is passing on this. What are your thoughts from The Outside looking in? Uh, nice. That's very nice. Um, I mean, because that's, that's bigger than Watchmen's numbers, is it not? Oh, yes. Yeah. So yeah. The, uh, the passing on that is very strange. Uh, I have to I have to assume that they just could not get on the same page with Price as to what a second season would look like. I I would assume they wouldn't be able to get anyone in the cast back from I, I mean for good reason in some cases, but I, I don't know. Arivo seems to probably have moved on, and and she seems like the one character who would who would have traveled on with that show. Um, it, it's possible they, they, they weren't confident um, in turning it into an, an anthology-ish series. Um, it is very strange for HBO in particular to see a limited series, an opportunity to take a limited series uh, to, a full, to, to an actual full series and, and not take it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what the budget was on it. Um, it's just they I I am just not invested in this whatsoever. I think it's really <laughs> weird and I don't understand it. And I have I think like Ben, it makes me it gives me a lot more questions about what is happening inside uh, uh, Warner um, Warner Media, what's going on inside of HBO how the hbo max rollout is going um it's it's just a lot much like the outsider it's a lot more questions than answers um (laughs) i assume and uh yeah it's weird um it's not upsetting ben i think has that covered but it is very strange and i i don't understand that i don't fully understand the logic at this point was the outsider this year yeah the outsider was this year Was the outsider this year oh yeah that was this year it was this year like Steve and I are putting. I don't think so. That Steve and I are putting it. together. We're putting together the uh, music video list, and he put up. He put a video on there uh, for a, a real estate video where they're like at a uh, country bear jamboree style thing. And I was like, I feel like I saw this video four years ago. It was January. It's like it is mind boggling so, yeah. how many things, how many years we've had this year. Oh my god, so many. Speaking of what a year it's been. November 1st is when Apple TV Plus launched. November 1st, 2019. Um, And so we wanted to kind of do a retrospective of the year Apple TV Plus had and sort of say, where does it stand a year in? And obviously, as we're going to do this for Disney Plus, uh, we'll do this when it's, uh, what would be next? Peacock's turn? (laughs) What would be the Uh, third? Did... HBO Max next. I mean HBO, HBO Max I, and, and Peacock next year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll do Quibi. We'll do Quibi. <laughs> we'll do Quibi a year in oh, and see how they're doing. You better believe we're doing Quibi. Uh, Absolutely. But, but essentially, it could be a bonus episode. But we're doing yeah, it. we're gonna do Apple TV Plus this week, and we'll do Disney Plus next week. Um, but we just want to sort of take stock of where where it is as a streamer, and obviously, it was hit by the pandemic, as were all the streamers. But why don't we start, Ben? You created this very helpful doc. Um, why don't we start with the, why don't we start with the positives? What are, what are the, uh, 
the, in the parlance of my very stupid Google Doc, what are the Apple TV Plus pluses? Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Libby's not on board. I'll get on board because it's a perfect opportunity to say Ted Lasso again on this podcast. Um, I, That's five straight I, weeks. Five straight weeks of Ted Lasso. I think we can keep this going. I think we can keep the Ted Lasso streak at least through the end of the year. Um, but no, I, I I think what's very interesting to me about kind of looking back over a year of Apple TV Plus was when I was trying to just kind of go through their original series and and look at okay, so what were the hits? Like what what kind of made some noise uh, in in the culture? We obviously don't have any ratings. There's been plenty of people who've tried to tell us, you know, what the viewership is or what estimates might be and um, how the kind of, you know, the subscriber growth has gone, even though Apple is, is very hesitant to report anything. Um, so it, it's more of, of kind of looking at an impact as well as like a kind of a continued resonance, whether it's, it's people talking about it in your world, uh, people talking about it on social media, people writing articles about it, uh, uh, or you know the renewals of it obviously that's that's helpful you know kind of the, the feedback we get from apple and honestly i think it's their first show the morning show and i think it's their latest show ted lasso and in between is a lot of stuff that like either missed completely kind of is on the bubble or maybe leaned a little bit better than worse and like they've renewed plenty of other shows like there's other you know reasons to say that things could be hits and we again don't know everything but the morning show is something that I, coupled with the launch of Apple itself, um, as well as Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston coming to TV, was something that people did keep talking about. It seems to, the award season, it played into that perfectly, where it got the launch buzz, it got the Golden Globes buzz, it had like kind of a little divot uh, in, in between until the Emmy season started up, and then all of that kind of continued on. The nominations reminded people that it existed, and it did its job not exactly as planned because it would have, you know, wanted to see a little more wins, a little better reviews, um, a little more positivity uh, overall. But it absolutely did like the essence of its job, which was to remind people of the quality uh, and type of programs that Apple TV is producing. So I, I think the morning show is something that it's hard to say wasn't successful for Apple TV Plus. Uh, like if we're just again using the needle, I guess, as kind of a leaning one way or the other. Um, and then Ted Lasso, given, to me especially, I've seen and heard such an array of different people tell me that I should watch this show, even though I've obviously already watched the show. Like, I just see it and hear it in, an, in, in a wider space than normally talks about television, from people who don't always, you know, ask me about TV or, or no, I'm not always talking about TV with or you know, who I follow on social media who don't necessarily recommend things that much. Like, I just see it come up a lot. And then as we mentioned in, in past weeks, Apple gave it not only a season two renewal, but a season three renewal. So they're very high on the show. Um, and also, once you've seen it, it is one of those things where you do want to share it. You want to spread the kind of positivity that it, exu it exudes uh, to more people. And to me, that's kind of a, a secret weapon <laughs> Of, of like a successful show for a streamer that needs more exposure. It's like, this is a show that you really want to talk about with other people and want to share in that kind of joy and moment with. So like, you kind of have to tell others about it, especially because it's not on Netflix. So then it, it just, it's not as accessible. You got to figure out a way for them to do it. And maybe this is when people will try their, will employ their free trials. Um, maybe this is just when they'll spend the five bucks to watch five hours of TV 
uh, I don't know. But to me, those are the two that kind of stand out as, as the as the series from a quality standpoint that have been successful, though. Uh, Libby obviously has tracked the awards part of it much more closely than I did uh, as, and might have a different opinion. And like, you're right. Uh, to that extent, the morning show was the, the, the most, as planned, was the most prestigious of all of Apple TV Plus's shows. Um, it definitely got the most notice. It got the most ink spilled on it, arguably the most disappointing. Um, but it did, it did made, it, they did manage to make a small sp- splash uh, in the award sphere. It got three Golden Globe nods. It got three SAG nods, including Jennifer Aniston's win. It got eight uh, Emmy nods, including uh, a win for Billy Crudup. 18 nominations spread across six shows. Uh, they garnered one win. So actually it had exactly the same record as Netflix's Ozark. Um, so As one Netflix series. Yeah. It seems like a good time to talk about minuses. Apple TV minuses. Apple TV minuses. Oh God, where to start? Uh, it's not great. It's, it's not, it, they didn't do super well at the awards. Um, it did exactly as well at the Emmys as Ozark did. And Ozark was seen to have a very disappointing Emmy season. Um, the other thing is like, you have to compare it. I mean, you don't have to, but we do have to compare it to uh, Disney Plus, who debuted just two weeks after Apple TV Plus last year and actually scored one more Emmy nomination. Uh, it got 19 Emmy nods, but it won eight. Uh, now, most of that credit goes to The Mandalorian, uh-huh. uh, now streaming season two, but also <laughs> Forky. So it was able to break ground where um, Apple, it it was able to gain traction in somewhere where Apple TV plus was also competing. Um, It's just, it's, it's, um, I think they would have liked more. I think they would have liked better. I don't think that you go after such big name stars. I don't think you go after such uh, prestigious directors. I don't think you sink that much money into it to not do well. I, I mean, bottom line is, Quibi got more Emmy wins than Apple TV Plus did. Yeah, I mean, I don't like I. That, it's that's true. just that's just the yeah. numbers, and like even if you discount the fact that oh well they were just just Emmys for shorts, I mean they're still Emmys. You'd have to get real close to tell that it's different. I mentioned before we start recording, just because you you listed it as one of like they're gonna they have a bundle now that includes Apple Music. Uh, Apple Arcade, uh, and iCloud storage. Um, To me, it feels like Apple is in, and they're all different, but it feels like it's most in direct competition with Amazon Prime slash video in that they're the hub where you can rent uh, movies, but they also have originals that they want you to sort of have a monthly fee to pay for. Is Is the issue there that Amazon just has a head start and so their library is larger and so it seems like more of a value plus the prime two-day delivery is seen as a utility now as opposed to uh, you're paying for the video is just like a bonus and that you're really just paying for the for the Amazon Prime uh, delivery fee Uh, but that yeah to, to me to me that's the big part about it like that's the kind of removal of the comparison I guess if you will is that with Amazon it's almost like the the movies 
the originals, the movies and the shows overall are just free. Like it's just, they just treat them as like, these are just bonuses. We know you're here for the shipping. We know you're here for kind of the other prime benefits, but now we've got music. Now we've got movies. Now we've got these extra things that are just going to entrench you to Amazon and you'll become dependent. So you'll never get rid of that subscription. Um, and you'll keep and everyone has an Alexa. We'll keep expanding. Everyone right. has a fire stick. Right. They will eventually tie into that. So, with Apple, they don't have that kind of offering. Like, they don't have the thing where it's the, the primary driver is something completely different, but they do have the bundle of services. And with a lot of people who are subscribing to Apple Music, if they also wanted Apple Games or Arcade, um, if they also just wanted extra or needed extra storage, uh, they may look at the price difference where it's, I think it's 15 bucks for an individual to get the, the Apple One bundle, which includes music, TV, storage, and arcade. Um, and say, okay, I'll spend the extra five bucks a month for the whole thing instead of I'm just going to spend five extra bucks for the TV itself. Ben, you 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 type this out, but essentially, you Bloomberg reported back in May that they had 10 million subscribers, and five million of those were active. Is the five million difference? Is that like the passive? You have a year of Apple TV Plus free because you purchase an iPhone or a laptop or an iPad? Is that the difference? Yeah, that was that was the implication. Um, I'm not sure that they made a specific distinction like that, but these were the numbers that they were going off of. Um, and again, they've got a much wider subscription base in other service departments. So again, perhaps the bundle can lure in some more of those people and help them expand the, the active TV+. Plus. I actually think of all those bundle options... If we're, we're talking about Amazon Prime being like it's utility, people want the shipping. All the people I know that have iPhones, like the amount of conversations I've had, like my iCloud storage is full. Like the idea yeah. of being like, I'll, I'll pay, you're telling me I pay $15 a month and I have unlimited, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, like I have a larger iCloud storage and I just get Apple TV and Apple Music free, essentially. I'll be like, I think a lot of people would probably do that and that might be their hook in. Well, guys, having said all that we've said thus far about Apple TV+, where does it stand for the two of you uh, moving forward amongst uh, all the other streamers? Where, where do you see Apple TV+, Plus, I guess, in the future? It's so hard for me to compare it to the rest of the streamers because as we've talked about, everybody's kind of got their own hook into you, uh, whether it's Netflix, which just has... Uh, such domination of the streaming space uh, and has become like a utility in and of like the amount of content it produces as well as, you know, just uh, the the number of subscribers it has has reached a point where everybody talks about it all the time to something like Hulu, which bundles a lot of services into one place. And then you get kind of a, a, a bunch of originals from different people. So like I use it to like Libby and I were talking about this beforehand. Like we both use it to watch a lot of the broadcast shows that come out in the fall in the spring uh, but now we can also use it to watch FX shows, which is like a huge thing. Uh, we talked about Amazon already. And then there's Apple over here, which is really just its own original series and films. It doesn't have a huge library. It doesn't have kind of marquee originals coming out every month that you have to watch no matter what. Um, it is very much kind of a boutique service in my mind. But I do feel like I'm more I'm more up on Apple tv plus now than i was a year ago um i don't i 
I don't know if it's literally just Ted Lasso. And that's all that has kind of turned the tide for me. And I'm that sad and pathetic when it comes to analyzing a service overall. Um, but there is something about how cheap it is and kind of the potential within the shows and movies that it's trying to produce. Like we talked about the John Stewart thing already. Who knows what that's going to become? But they've got series from Elizabeth Moss, uh, our boy Justin Thoreau, uh, Ben Stiller and Patty Arcade are following up Escape at Dannemora. Um, they're doing a big movie with Martin Scorsese and Leo DiCaprio. They've got Mahershala Ali, friend of the podcast. Like they have enough talent and they have enough money to lure that talent in to try things out. Um, that it makes me excited to see what they're going to produce. Like it, it feels a little bit like kind of Amazon prime at the start when they were, when they were experimenting with a little more kind of artisan quality shows where they're like, we're going to make something kind of weird and different and distinct and hope that it breaks through. Uh, but Apple's doing it with way more money and bigger stars. Um, so like I, I'm always going to be, a little more excited to watch that than to watch something like a Disney plus where it's just blockbuster after blockbuster franchise after franchise expansion after expansion. And it's all within like a very familiar territory. Um, but also I, I will keep going back. It's five bucks a month. Like I spent, I did the free trial for the first time a couple weeks ago because I wanted to watch the Bruce Springsteen doc uh, for letters to you, like on, uh, on my TV because they're, critics screener site if any pr people are listening i'm sorry it's terrible like it's it's it freezes all the time i can't use airplay like i have to just watch it and refresh it as i'm going so that's awful but yeah so like to me even spending five bucks to watch that springsteen doc and then a few episodes of trying was worth it like i i if it if i got if i had to spend the five bucks um and that's kind of how i'll experience it going forward i think obviously i'll watch the screeners when i can but if i was a committed TV patron if there if I knew there was a couple that had stacked up like right now if I knew there was the new Sofia Coppola movie uh, a Springsteen doc and Ted Lasso and people want to shut up about those things then I'd be like okay I gotta I'll just spend the five bucks that's worth it it'll be it's a month I can watch those in a month um, and then I'd cancel it and come back to it when I needed it but um, I will say I've mocked will just you, do the bundle so I've, I've mocked you mercilessly for your like pay a month thing because no one thinks that way for Apple TV Plus, it almost makes sense, which I know is not what they want to hear. But because the library is so limited. But what's weird is it's the cheapest one. You think you'd want to do that with the most expensive one. But I think there's the classic issue with Netflix or something where it's like, there's so much stuff on Netflix. How do you decide? I have a month on Netflix. What am I going to watch? But with, with, with Apple, it's like there are 30 things. I only want to watch six of them. And you can watch six things in a month and then be like, all right, I'll come back in a year. Netflix will drown you in content and keep you hooked that way. If only because like, especially if you're a culture addict, because something will come up that you don't expect that you're like, well, I got to at least sample the stupid thing like Flora's Lava or Tiger King. And you're like, okay, I don't like, I didn't expect to want to watch this. I don't really want to watch it, but people are talking about it enough where I have to. And the thing is with Apple though, I think they'd be fine with people kind of going in and out. Because as long as they're trying it and coming back, as long as they're liking something that they that they see on there, then what it'll turn into is a more permanent stay. Like in theory, if you like, once you like Ted Lasso and you're going to come back, that means you paid for one month in 2020. You'll pay for another month in 2021 and another one in 2022. 
minimum. Well, assuming assuming you're going to watch on a weekly basis, you might pay for two months in 2021. That's also a good point. And then, again, while you're there, if you sample other shows and like those, then that could lock you in for another month or a different time period. Um, and if they build up enough, then you can't fit them all into one month. And again, like this is very slow growth. They need faster growth than that, most likely. Uh, but that's still something, and it's still getting you to kind of talk about it. And again, that price makes it so accessible that I think it's a, it's still uh, kind it's just, of on the upside because they're able to do that. Libby, why is Ben wrong? Why is Ben wrong about Apple TV Plus? Not to not to easy. not to uh, set you up in opposition to Ben, but give her a clock. Fine. Uh, I don't know. It, like it's not wrong. It, like um, it makes sense that people would want to go for a month at a time but that's not what they want to hear and then that's not what they want to do and i still think that they are at a huge disadvantage creatively because it doesn't always feel like they know how to make television uh ted lasso notwithstanding <laughs> uh i i don't know I, I mean i think that there are deep enough pockets that it'll it could It'll last long enough to potentially become a staple, but it just feels like something that is going to just kind of fade into the background. Eventually, they're going to stop turning out new product and they'll just shutter it like two and a half years from now. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have a lot of reason to feel super hopeful. I haven't watched Ted Lasso yet. Maybe that'll change my entire outlook. Uh, about this streaming service, but I just, um, I don't know what their marks are. I, I don't know what they are aiming for. And uh, because I don't know what they're aiming for, I have no idea if they've, if they are ever going to reach it or not. Yeah. Are they happy um, about that 10 million subscribers, Ben? Is that good for them? I doubt it. You doubt I it. Mean, I mean, happier I think that's... than the Quibi numbers, I imagine. <laughs> but... Right. I feel like that's within their goals, though, at the same time, because half of those, at least, you know, and, and who knows what numbers they're at now, are kind of included with the products they already sold. They need that to sustain and continue. And I do think over the next year, what we're going to see is kind of an adjustment. So we'll see how the bundle works. We'll see what kind of shows they renew, what kind of shows they green light. Because they are spending more than they planned to originally. Like, I believe it was originally a billion-dollar venture for Apple, and they ended up spending $6 billion. And it's like, when you're spending that much on content, you really need to be getting something in return, more so than just kind of like a benefit to the, to the brand in general. And, you know, I think a lot of that money comes from the kind of people they're paying to be a part of this. Like, I, I mean... Julia Louis-Dreyfus is worth it. Getting her on that overall deal is, I mean, great, good job. She's she's one in a million. But like spending the two hundred million or two hundred fifty or whatever it is on the Martin Scorsese movie, I don't know if that's gonna be worth it for the one-time punch. Like you know, maybe there's more in the overall deal side of things than the individual stuff. Maybe they just need to try to you know figure out a way to promote the shows that don't cost as much and, and hope that they can elevate and become the hits that they need because it's not a guaranteed thing. You spending a lot of money on a show doesn't guarantee that people will watch it. We've learned that time and time again well, forever. It's not just that. And like if it was just that, if it was just they were pouring a bunch of money into shows that they really believed in and no one was watching that's one thing but they're pouring money into shows by names um regardless of if it's a good idea or not 
uh, they'll get stars signed on for them, uh, big name stars, regardless of if they're right for the role, like they don't care. And like, I think if Apple TV plus uh, brought in someone who was like, what if we just made great television and went out and looked to produce shows, regardless of who's attached, regardless of if the person uh, pitching them has sold, you know, six shows before or has seven Oscars, like regardless of all that, uh, if they have a really great story, if someone at Apple like desperately wants to see it on screen, um, you, and I, I, I realize that there has to be a happy medium. Um, I'm not suggesting they become like Sundance TV. Like there is a medium somewhere and they need to find it because Quibi was a one-way street in buy talent, um, worry about content later. Uh, that can't be how you operate in perpetuity. So yeah, I, I'm I am excited at the prospect of Apple TV Plus changing whatever their operating model is, and uh, seeing what the next year brings. Yeah, if they if they if they modeled anyone, I would suggest that they model FX. I'd suggest that they just try to outbid FX on whatever FX wanted to buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have deeper pockets. With that. So yeah. just follow John Landgraf around, and mm-hmm. anytime John Landgraf is interested in a show. Uh, you can tr- outbid him. And then also, um, he, they should consider, in, in addition to the stuff Landgraf buys, uh, shows by uh, women and people of color. I was saying they could be like HBO, but I guess that's too on the nose. Um, I'm just, you know, if you're looking... They did get Richard Plubler. If, uh, if, Apple, if Apple TV Plus is looking for a, a, a bona fide hit, season two of The Outsider is available. And maybe they could... They want to be HBO. If you want to be HBO, that go grab it. You got John Stewart. Now go get The Outsider. Um, I don't feel comfortable pimping MRC's wares <laughs> for them on our podcast. It should be so. noted. It should be noted. Uh, we do have a corporate uh, synergistic issue where we are sisters, <laughs> sibling. We're like a corporate. Uh, I don't know what. I don't know how cousins. we're related to MRC. There's a there's a IndieWire is owned by Penske, PMC. And then there's a, PMC is in partnership with MRC. I don't know if that's the exact lingo, but yes. that's close. Millions of Screens is a production of Penske Media Corporation and IndieWire. Theme music features extras to the classic YouTube video, Bjork talking about our TV and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Our editor-in-chief is Darren, Dana Harris-Brideson. Our publisher is James Israel. And our executive editor is Ann Donahue. Our favorite The Outsider phrases are... El Cuco, Ben Mendelssohn's audible groans, and the chomping, gnashing sounds written out in captions. That is true. I do remember sending Ben pictures of that. Uh, I call that. Didn't millions, make any sense. Millions of screens outsider endorsement is a Cynthia Revo and Chris Evans-led season two on Apple TV+. Plus. Wow, I'm on board. You son of a bitch. I'm, I'm on board. Trying to bring I'm you back. I'm on board. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Twitter at a million time. screens at Midwest Fitfire at Ben T Travers and at Leo Adrian Garcia. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. So leave a review and let us know what you think. If it's good, we might read it on the air. If it's bad, we're gonna delete it from the internet. This is Ben Libyan Leo. Remind you as always that you shouldn't let poets lie to you. You shouldn't let poets lie to you. Ain't nothing wrong with a couple of cold brews and a cool podcast.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.